0: Tune into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now.
1: Welcome Fit Clovers, we are back on today's Fit Club. We talk fact checking coronavirus engine tests and more with Fox 11's Alex Michelson. I'm your host, Shaka Smith, joined by my lovely co-host, Fallon Mercedes from A&E's Fit to Fat to Fit. How are you doing, Fallon?
0: Good, how are you?
1: Good, good. Just, you know, coping, rolling with the punches back here on Zoom. You know, that's where we're living life these days. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> here in Atlanta, um, businesses have opened and the gym opened. And I am so tempted. I so want to get back in there. But I just personally am not sure if I'm ready just yet.
1: Yeah. Are you nervous? Is, it, or is there like a feeling of jubilation? Or what's the feeling around town?
0: Um, I think... Everybody is just kind of wondering like, okay, if we do go out, I mean, people are going to the market to get essential things, but you know, is, are are you willing to put yourself more at risk? You know, in the gym, you're sweating, you're huffing and puffing. Mm -hmm. You know, I personally don't know how often they clean the gym. You know, if I do go, I'll probably go at like, you know, hours that people aren't there because it's a 24 hour gym i'll make sure i wear gloves even a mask yeah. so <laughs> that's that's i think how we're all kind of taking it um the us is looking at us as the guinea pigs you know yeah, going out yeah, into the world yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying you know i think we're trying to protect ourselves and be cautious as we do get out there
1: yeah we've got to be smart um but of course we'd like to do a little update um we've passed three million worldwide cases over 210,000 deaths worldwide. And I believe in the United States, we've hit over 55,000, over 56,000 cases, um, 56,000 deaths in the United States. So not great news, but we're still trying to flatten the curve in different areas. Unfortunately, yeah. we have Alex Michelson on with us today and he's really been digging down, um, digging deep into the coronavirus fact checking and with our different policy experts. So we'll find it a lot from him today too. Yeah, so, I'm yeah.
0: excited. I'm excited to, I mean, he's been with Dr. Drew, the governor every hour. He's like with another prominent person digging in. So I'm excited. I have a bunch of burning questions and um, I think you probably do too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's also a political junkie. So he's got also a political show. And of course, this is sort of the perfect storm where politics meets science meets medicine. and We're trying to figure out um, the correct policy prescriptions for moving forward. So we've got a lot to talk about with him. Hopefully we can get him in soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're gonna really uh, doing a lot of fact checking of Corona. I know. Oh, here we go. I know the administration mm-hmm. Hey, Alex, here you are. Hey. What's up? Hey, how are Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, for coming in and then how are you doing dealing with the whole coronavirus personally on a personal level?
2: <laughs> uh, thank you for asking. Not a lot of people don't ask that. Um, I, I think it's it's hard. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty overwhelming. The thing about doing the, the the news business is you can't really change the channel. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm working all day, and I'm and I'm in this mode of coronavirus coverage for like 16, 17 hours in a row. Yeah. Um, so I found it to be very therapeutic on the weekends to try to give myself one day to like veg and watch Netflix. <laughs> 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 it's like really nice, and a lot of people have done that. Like people could turn on Tiger King. Like for me during the week, I can't. I can't really do that. And you sort of absorb um, a lot of people's uh, suffering and, and a lot of people's anxiety. Yeah. Know, there's so many questions. There's so much misinformation out there. Um, and, and we really do feel a responsibility to try to clear some of that up and uh, to try to let people know at least the facts. Uh, yeah. People feel like, you know, I think people can be trusted with the correct information and that's what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah, I think we've had a lot. You know, our first story talked about fact checking the coronavirus. I think we had a lot of, you know, whether the administration was giving us correct facts, whether the media was giving us the correct facts. How as a broadcaster have you navigated, navigated that? What do you are you able to differentiate what you report on and say maybe it's not time to make that a newsworthy subject yet? Or is it now to let the public know that we should be worried, you know, take precautions?
2: I mean, I think you try to talk to as uh, many people as you trust as uh, you can. You try to read a lot of different things. I mean, this is where there is some, some um, value in some of the traditional old school media types. I mean, they get a lot of hate on them, but <laughs> something like the New York Times, they go through a vigorous vetting process with a lot of editors looking at something, and they have a lot at stake if they ever get something wrong versus you look at some of the like blogs online or random Twitter accounts with a, a crazy avatar and, and a name that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, and you're like <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not uh, to time Probably. to trust, you know, bot daddy 103. You know, <laughs> yeah. like maybe, maybe it's time to, to go towards some of the people that really um, do this stuff for a living. And, and also looking um, at some of the public health data. You know, that mm-hmm. a lot of the data um, is public. You can look at some of that stuff yourself. Um, And and one of the great privileges, I think, in my line of work is is having an opportunity every day to try to press some of these public officials for for answers and to sort of delve through. And if you press enough, I think you start seeing uh, a picture of what the world is going to look like if you piece kind of what everybody is saying. Um, which And, and, and in, in fact, right now, Shaka, there is reason um, for a little bit of hope. I think what's hard for a lot of people is they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I can yeah. see I, I can see a little bit of light. There's a little <laughs> light, okay?
1: <laughs> here's, you just got here's off the governor's call,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so here's, here's probably what, what the world is gonna look like um, in California and, and, and probably in most of the country over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at in the next few weeks is a, a reopening of um, a lot of businesses that can reopen with social distancing. So uh, Mm -hmm. maybe a retail business. Uh, Not everybody's going to be allowed in the store at the same time, or there's going to be a lot more curbside pickup or other things, but you can get employees back in work, back to their jobs Mm -hmm. um, offices. Maybe people can start going back to the office. Maybe not everybody at the same time. Maybe some group works on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Another group works on Tuesday, Thursday to try to change it up, but at least you can get back to the office, get back doing some of your work. Mm-hmm. that's probably gonna be the first uh, phase of what happens. And that's probably gonna be happening in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. A few so, months from now, mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at gyms and salons. Um, a few months. A little bit more, a uh, few months.
0: Stock a space. Like now.
2: <laughs> because, you know, that is a little bit higher risk. It's pretty mm-hmm. hard uh, to go to a gym, the nature of what a gym is, with a bunch of random people uh, sweating all over the place mm-hmm. using similar equipment. I mean, that is like a breeding ground yeah. for coronavirus. Yeah. My question, and I will try to get answers to this okay, what about? Maybe a smaller gym, private gyms. What mm-hmm. about if you only have a certain number of people in a gym? What about group fitness classes with social distancing? Like, is there a way to maybe uh, think about this in a more sophisticated way and not treat every gym experience like it's a gross 24-hour fitness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, there's some great 24-hour fitnesses, and some of them are right. uh, need That's a little So Yeah. So, uh, And concerts come later. Uh, The last thing is concerts, Coachella. I don't think we're going to be having Coachella this year. Uh, (laughs) Not
1: not even in October.
2: Sports games. I I think we are going to be seeing sports games without fans Mm -hmm. soon. In the next couple months, we're going to see sports games without fans. But sports games with fans probably not happening in the
0: next few months. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Go ahead, Fallon, you
0: have something? Uh, yeah, I was saying earlier before you got on, I'm in Georgia. So um, the gyms have opened already. And right. I was explaining to Shaka, you know, my hesitation was kind of what you said. Uh, you know, the sweating, the breathing, the kind of the cleanliness of the gyms. But there are some gyms here. One How in particular, say that again.
2: How's it working? Like, what's it What's it look like? Are they back open like normal? So-
0: so they're back open like normal. One of them specifically, um, you have to get your temperature read. Uh, they have one of the guns and they're reading people's temperature before they let them in. They moved all the equipment six feet apart. So you can work out six feet apart. People are going behind them, cleaning the equipment. Um, some people are wearing masks. So um, kind of like what you were saying, there are preventative measures to try to keep them as clean as possible. So you uh,
2: do you feel comfortable going?
0: I I'm not comfortable yet. However, I'm thinking about it, um, but I'm I'm not there yet. I fortunately I do go to a smaller gym, and it's open 24 hours a day. So if I do go, I think I would probably go. You know, hours that other people aren't really there. Um, and yeah, I would definitely take precautions, wear gloves, wipe down everything.
1: A lot of people are asymptomatic. And I imagine by the time you're running a fever, you're not feeling like you're going to the gym. So I wonder if the temperature gun is even
0: worth it yeah.
1: effective at all. Yeah. Have they discussed a the temperature gun, Alex, as a, as one of the methods? I haven't seen that out in California yet. Is that one of the methods they
0: might I mean, be using? some
2: places that, that are using that now. And that's uh, like, I went to a dermatologist appointment the other day. They took it. They took the temperature gun. I mean, that is, there are people that are asymptomatic, but it, it is, there is some value in the temperature gun, though. It does. So I actually feel better knowing that a place I'm going in has the temperature gun. And it may just be something that you kind of get used to, just like you maybe get used to uh, a metal detector at an airport. It may be sort of a process that we start getting used to. I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that are just going to be different now than before, and it's going to be kind of our new normal, probably for a while. Uh, You know, the the mayor of Los Angeles yesterday said to me, you know, face covering stuff is going to stay. A lot of the social distancing, the the no handshakes. I mean, there's going to be uh, changes in our daily lives that are going to last for a while, even if this, you know, complete stay at home thing starts to ease up. Um, So, I mean, I'm interested. How many people in Georgia do you feel are, are around you are like are going back? How many people are hesitant <laughs> about it? How is that going? Because Georgia is sort of the laboratory for the rest of the country. You guys it are right at the guinea pig. <laughs> for the rest of us.
0: We are. Well, I went. Um, I went on a like a walk at the park with my husband. Uh, we went to Piedmont Park, and that's a huge, like, prominent park here in Atlanta. And there was tons of people. And then we stopped, and we got a shake um, from one of the juices and we had to wait outside the door for like you said only six people at a time could be in the business and then you know you can see everybody with their masks on scared to touch the door you know away from the counter as they're grabbing their steak The the workers they're wearing gloves masks
1: i don't think georgia was over the curve though i don't think georgia georgia had started to flatten the curve i don't even know if they even hit the peak when they (laughs) so that's the scary part
0: yeah. I mean, like I said, the mayor, she's advising people not to go out, even though the governor is.
2: Yeah. So we, we've we had the, the modelers from the University of Washington, which is like the main model that's used often by President Trump and a lot of these governors in terms of determining where things are at. And they did say that Georgia has not hit its peak, mm. uh, has not uh, meet, met any of the criteria that they're looking at for doing this. Um, so they're basically doing this against the advice of almost all of the doctors, against the advice of the modelers, against the advice of the White House, even President Trump saying that it's not a smart thing to do, even though President Trump, of course, has such an incentive to back up Republican governors and to get the businesses back open. Even he's saying that this is not uh, the responsible thing. But now we'll see right yeah. so what if if georgia you know in a couple of weeks maybe their deaths don't increase and maybe there isn't a big change then we'll know for the rest of the country the maybe country, less, yeah. oh, back to business <laughs> of, course, <laughs> right. of course the counter to that could be what if the situation in georgia gets a lot worse what if these people die that didn't need to die um and then we will know that but unfortunately that these people may have to suffer in in, in order to prove that
0: yeah. and you know and, what's interesting too is that um i have People that I know who've had coronavirus symptoms went to the hospital, were diagnosed um, without getting a test, saying, We know you have a mild version of coronavirus. But they said, We don't have enough tests to test you. So that's the scary thing is that, you know, we're opening businesses, but we don't have enough testing. So some people that I know have gone out privately and found private testers to get tested because Mm -hmm. they, going to a regular hospital there's not enough tests for them.
2: And that is one of the things in California that the, the markers to a- allow these things to be back open is to have a lot more tests and mm-hmm. if you don't have the number of tests necessary you can't open the stuff uh, up again. Um, yeah, so, I, it
1: requires a whole lot of tests you know. <laughs> exactly. I think what's been confusing is we've also heard a little bit of varying information from some of the medical um, the medical community. I know you talk with um, Dr. Pinsky and Dr. Oz and Dr. Burks. Are they all on the same page or, or, or in terms of how to go after this? Where Where do they stand? At least with the ones that you talk to, where do they stand on how to attack the coronavirus going forward?
2: Well, they're not always on the same page, you know? I mean, that's just like you get a bunch of fitness people together. You guys aren't, all won't agree on what exactly the best exercise is, right? You get a bunch of uh, anything, a bunch of political people together, you don't always agree on the same approach. I mean, I think that they um, all believe um, that this is a serious uh, disease and should be taken seriously and that people that are in high risk should really take it seriously. Uh, places like nursing homes, especially vulnerable, um, older people especially vulnerable people with immunosuppressant issues with immune disease issues should take it seriously there's some disagreement on okay what about the young and healthy types that really need to work what should they be doing and how far should we take this yeah. And there is some debate over this um you know could the cure be be worse than the disease meaning uh you know Obviously a, a doctor who's solely focused on coronavirus is going to think uh, don't have anybody outside ever and then nobody gets coronavirus, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> but what about uh, the people that need to, to work? What about people with other diseases that may not being treated right now because they're told not to go to the hospital? Undiagnosed yeah. stuff, because best medical stuff is usually done preventatively. Mm-hmm. So how do you get to that, that point where it's like, okay, we're comfortable enough with coronavirus we can start to lessen this stuff so that the rest of it doesn't get worse um, mm-hmm. because people are in real real economic hardship right now and of mm-hmm. course the fitness community heart hit as, as bad as any basically yeah. taking you out of your ability to work yeah. um and so it's uh it's a real challenge um for for so many people right now and that's i think part of the discussion that's what literally how i phrased the question of the mayor of los angeles last night um and that's part of sort of what's going on. And, and I think wide scale around the country, uh, mm-hmm. in, in this week and the next week, you're starting to see a realization that, that is, that's a thing to be considered. That yeah. we're moving from just hunker down coronavirus, let's get through this, to, okay, we need to start thinking about ways to be a little more um, creative and nuanced about getting
1: out of it. Yeah, and we, we had a little bit of potential so relying, I think, with Dr. Brooks, um, who you recently interviewed. She's saying that it looks like we have a breakthrough in antigen testing, that that could really change the way things look moving forward. Um, The thing with antigen testing, though, is it's not as reliable, but you can at least get the number of tests you need done and the amount of time you need it done if you can get to better reliability. I think right now, the biomedical um, biomedical advanced group for research and development already has 16 groups out there testing different antigen tests and trying to ramp this up. Um, what did you hear from Dr. Brooks regarding this? Is a breakthrough likely, <laughs> or is that just sort of like it would be nice? She,
2: her, her basic, I think, her basic message to me on that was, uh, we're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd like to. We're working mm-hmm. on it. It's it's something that that would be great, but we're we're not quite there yet. It, there's too many false positives. Um, and it's not completely reliable yet. So that they're, they're funding research, but to sort of base a, a national reopening based off of that um, isn't quite there. And the other thing that we don't, we don't really know right now is there's thought that, okay, you check this antibody test. Uh, it shows that you have the antibodies, which meant that you had it before. You may not even have known the fact that you had it before mm-hmm. because you had it without symptoms. You didn't get sick and, uh, and now you're, you're cured. Well, what we don't know is if you've had it before, does that mean you're now immune to having it again? Yeah. There's some thought that that's the way it is, that there's other things that act that way. Yeah. But it's not guaranteed in terms of the research that that is true. Yeah. So uh, it could be great that you've had it before, but what if you end up getting it again? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, if it is true that you're immune from it, then you would know, okay, I'm good. Like, I, I can go back to work. And that's that's the, the thought they're using in Wuhan, China, actually, where this whole thing sort of started. Yeah. They're now giving out what they call immunity cards. Uh, they have a red, wow. green, yellow, you know, yeah. like uh, green, I can go to work, or red, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite ready yet, or, or yellow, I'm somewhere in between.
1: But and it's deceptive like, if you can catch yeah, it again, though. They're
2: using those antibody tests to, to, to formulate that. Uh, in terms of the policymakers here that I've I personally talked to about that, including mm. the governor of California, the mayor of Los Angeles, and Dr. Burks, um, all of them said well, it's not quite that simple.
0: Mm.
1: Because they don't want to give people a false sense of immunity, and then later on find out they're no longer immune.
2: And well, and and if if you get false, there's a lot of false positives. So mm. what, what if you are, are told that you're immune, but you're actually not? Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Go out to work, and then you get it.
1: Yeah. There you go.
2: You know, that you've now you've now put yourself in even greater risk.
1: Yeah. And and how have you, I guess, been staying mentally and physically on point, you know, navigating this whole thing? Because, again, you're reporting the news, but you're living it, too. You know, we're all (laughs) citizens living the news, but you're in it 24/7. So what are you doing for your workouts? I know you started this great thing on Fox during the evening workouts. Um, So I want to find out some more about that.
2: Right. So uh, our mutual friend, Jameson Bolt from the Roan community guy, give a shout out to Jameson and to the Roan folks. Awesome. Um, awesome Jameson good. reached out to me and he said, look, so many of our um, our friends in the fitness community are, are struggling right now. Wouldn't it be a great way to, to sort of highlight that com slash live and the Fox 11 Los Angeles Facebook page at seven o'clock Pacific every night. And so that's 10 o'clock Eastern. Um, we answer questions as well. As every night we've been featuring a different trainer with a different uh, workout move, and we've been doing it for about a month now, um, and it's been kind of fun. And I have them on my Instagram at Alex michaelson if people want to check out some of the different workout uh, moves there. Um, I've been trying to run. I'm, I'm not like a huge runner. That's not usually my thing. Yeah. But, We're forced um, to now, right? We've all been sort of forced to become runners, uh, yeah. which is interesting. I've been doing um, some workouts uh, in the park. Kind of by myself um which is you know kind of the only thing i do i don't have a very big place i don't have a ton of equipment here i never thought i really needed it some mm-hmm. people do it's great to see some of these people's like home gyms and home workouts it's like that would be awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's not that's just not my reality We're, with like a big space so i've been fortunate in L- in la that the weather's pretty good and you can be outside um but i've found that I'm a lot happier when I do go out, but I also feel physically like it's it's been. Um, I feel like I need more sleep because I'm more stressed, and and the day is longer and harder. Um, yeah. And I and I feel like when I am running, that my lung capacity isn't quite what it used to be. I think yeah. that stress may be impacting me a little bit, and I'm eating you know desserts a lot. More. <laughs> so it's, it's not
0: helpful Being that you've talked to so many people in healthcare, do you have any gems that maybe the regular public? Uh, doesn't have access to or any things that you're doing that maybe um, the ordinary person isn't doing to protect themselves? Are you taking any supplements, eating any certain types of foods, any ultra red, violet, ray light? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> that, so that the more, honestly, the more I look into that and the more, because uh, I've spent a lot of time and people ask about that every night, mm-hmm. the more I realize that that is really bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's- there is so much bullshit out there, yeah. and, and 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 it's the simple stuff that really matters, right? I mean, first off, smoking, really bad for this. Uh, it, smoking is not good for um, coronavirus because coronavirus is a lung disease, so mm-hmm. smoking really hurts your um, your lungs to begin with, and it puts you at a higher risk, so yeah. that's one thing if you want to cut out. If you're a smoker, we're talking cigarettes, vaping, marijuana, the whole thing.
1: Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you, oh, okay. you, you haven't heard the new nicotine study? What's that? So I, I just read this morning that, so, uh, you know, smoking, of course, will exacerbate your symptoms, but they're looking at some, infer, some data in France where, you know, they have a lot of smokers. The population of smokers is not matching the population of people that come in sick for corona, and they're positing it's possible nicotine might be somehow preventing the virus from entering the cells. So there's some thought, and I think there's one doctor in France who might be Trying to use nicotine patches, or you know, getting the, getting it ready to try to use nicotine patches to inhibit the coronavirus. So, just one of those little yeah. things, I, I you know, yeah. you kind of drop in the so email. What,
2: what else I've learned in this process is don't usually trust one doctor. in fear. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: we all, yeah,
2: I'm getting to sort of. I've learned a lot about healthcare in this process. Healthcare is. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually. I'm a political reporter more than anything else, uh, yeah. and I love sports and entertainment. Healthcare has never been my thing. Um, what I've learned is that uh, there's a lot of exciting, shiny objects because everybody's looking for a miracle cure. But in reality, sort of the back to basics approach is what's the best. So, what's the best thing is to go out and run and get fresh air. And there's a huge benefit uh, in getting uh, vitamin D in your system and yeah. and being outside and moving. There's a huge benefit. You know, to drinking water, to eating uh, healthier foods, to getting sleep. I mean, it's the it's it, it's not the exciting answer to your question. Yeah. Yeah. It's the honest answer to your question, uh, yeah. which is spending a lot of time with all of the rest of that stuff, is really just a waste of time. And yeah. if you do the the traditional. You know, basic stuff. Um, you're gonna get better results. I mean, I don't know why you're asking me. Have you seen this guy's six-pack? <laughs> I know,
1: right? <laughs> I mean, but you get to talk to these experts. So you, you we're wondering, like, what do the experts say? Hey, try some vitamin D. We, we've heard of vitamin D. We've heard of vitamins high vitamin C. Um, So we've heard all these little things. So we're always trying to figure out they
2: say, vitamin D and vitamin C are are helpful no matter what um, in in the world of coronavirus or not the world of coronavirus. It's probably good for you to have it. But is that going to mean that you're not getting coronavirus? Probably not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, I got to ask you. So you've interviewed what Trump, Clinton, Biden, you've interviewed them all. Yeah. Of all the presidents, past presidents and presidential candidates. Yeah. Who would you most have a beer with after the interview? Uh, <laughs> you
2: most want to have dinner with after the interview? Beer.
1: Yeah. A A beer, oh, I dinner. dinner.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Either is fine. Um God, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't interviewed Barack Obama. He's the one that I haven't interviewed. Yeah. So I would be especially interested to to talk with him. Um, and he doesn't count.
1: He doesn't count. He doesn't count. <laughs> uh, of the ones you've interviewed, who would you say, hey, let's also have dinner? I I, I we have more to talk about.
2: Um, I mean, look, they're all, they're all interesting. I mean, I think, uh, I think uh, Bill Clinton is an especially great storyteller, from what I hear. uh, And I think he would be really interesting uh, dinner company to talk. But the reality is, honestly, the honest reality is that these guys don't get to that level, even the ones you may not like if yeah. they don't have a certain degree of charisma uh, mm. and a certain, de- a, a large degree, not a certain degree, a yeah. large degree of charisma, and that they, they are not the kind of people that you find interesting and enjoyable in a room um, anyways. So yeah. even Donald Trump, who I, I, I'm sure you, or I don't know what you think, but you probably don't agree with politics. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he is a, can be a very charming guy in person who can be fun and uh, interesting, well, and, he you know, had his
0: own TV show because of that, you know? Right, no, so yeah. he,
2: like, he's like an interesting person to be around. Um, yeah. of, the, of the current crop of, of Demo- well, they're not no longer current crop of democratic candidates, <laughs> one that I really enjoyed being around the most, I thought it was really fun yeah. and interesting uh, was Andrew Yang. Uh, ah, yeah. Uh, mm. And and, uh, and Andrew Yang is going to be on my political show this week. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so I just reached out to him this morning. Uh, so, so I host a show called The Issue Is, which uh, airs in every market in California, all different times. Theissueisshow.com is a website that tells about it. Uh, Friday's at 1030 in Los Angeles. But Andrew Yang's going to be on talk about it. He's in the news this week. Um, he released a, a PSA yesterday about the discrimination um, against Asians during this time. Yeah. They got over 2 million views in less than 24 hours. Um, he's also talked a lot about universal basic income, this idea of $1,000 a month, which is kind of like happening now. Yeah, it doesn't,
1: doesn't look so crazy like anymore.
2: Exactly. Everybody said it was kind of like a joke. They thought, and now it's actually the policy. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to talk to him. But he talks like a real human being. I, I really liked that. I, I liked Pete Buttigieg a lot as a guy. Mm. I, we got along well um but you know I mean all of them are fun in different ways Cory Booker was was kind of was fun Beto O'Rourke was really fun um you know I mean most of them I found ways to get along Bernie Sanders was interesting in his own sort of grumpy way I was going to say was he
1: was he a fun interview (laughs) that was the one I was interested in because we talked about the charisma but he he, seems to be one of those that maybe didn't have that did he, he have that charisma
2: I think you have to get him You know, so like, here's the thing about Bernie. Some of those guys are like super warm and effervescent and they try to make you feel comfortable. Like, Bernie's deal is, I'm Bernie, I am who I am, and if you can't cut it, get the F out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, like, so his, so if, you, if you come to Bernie, and you ask about policy stuff that he's interested in, and you d- dive deep into the, the world of the Medicare and other things that he wants to talk about, and then you treat him with respect, and you don't antagonize him, you don't ask a bunch of you know uh, horse race questions, He'll grow to like you. I mean, we, he did more interviews with me than anybody, any other journalist in California. Like, we ended up having a nice. good dynamic because I figured out kind of what Bernie liked. And and we got along and actually got to start to see a sense of humor from him. <laughs> you know, I said, what, what is your biggest misconception about you? And he said, I actually am a funny person. Um, and we did have fun um, on, uh, on, a, on different
1: occasions. It was just uh, you had to kind of work for it a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm glad to see Yang back because, you know, one of the things is you get these nominees and you start to fall in love with them and then they disappear. So it's nice that that we'll see him on your show. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It should be fun. Awesome. We have a little segment that we call Fit Club Five okay. um, where we ask you five rapid fire questions and you I give us the first topic, the first answer that comes to your head.
2: Okay, we, I do that on my show too. Oh, I call, nice. it personal, I call it personal issues on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I like it.
1: Uh, Last person you texted.
2: Uh, my mom.
1: Your dream dinner guest, alive or dead? Uh, Barack Obama. Nice. Uh, the last meal you ate?
2: Uh, I had a, a sushi from Bristol Farms fifteen minutes ago.
1: Nice. Um, favorite junk food?
2: Oh, I mean In-N-Out um, double cheeseburger
1: and then the animal style fries. I'll tell you, you probably have to wait in a long line for that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal?
2: My mom's chicken parmesan. It's really, really good. And she also makes cookies and brownies, which she makes every week for our guests on The Issue Is. She'll come, she stops by our station if she lives near the station drop off cookies and brownies for our guests. Uh, we put them in the green room, and most of our guests say that's the only reason they actually come on the show. <laughs> they don't really care about me. They don't care about the show. They just want their fix of those cookies and brownies, that so those I, you, are really
1: great. You're our first guest to bring up the homemade food for the last meal. Oh, Ooh, what do most people it, say? It, you know, they have their, you know, the glory meals from this place or that restaurant, but you like the homemade. I like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, yeah. I mean, you can never say anything bad about your mother. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Oh, man, we we want to thank you so much for joining us. Is is there anything more that we should know publicly about Corona, uh, especially LA nationwide? What should we know going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think people should 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 take this seriously and take the warnings seriously. Um, You know, the, the worst thing that you could possibly imagine is being asymptomatic on this. And even if you are young and healthy and fit, as I'm sure most of your viewers probably are, you may have this and then give it to somebody else who isn't so young and healthy and fit, um, who then, you know, could die from this. I mean, this is a real thing. So uh, even if you are not that concerned about your own personal safety, or you think that you're going to be okay with this, you got to think of this as part of your responsibility as a citizen. Think about your grandparents. Think about your aunts and uncles or people in your life uh, that you would not want to lose that may have some pre-existing conditions. And think about doing this and being responsible as a way to protect them. Just like you would want other people to do that in order to protect you know the, the people that 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 you love. So that's that's what I would say um, is, is really important for everybody to, to think about as sort of we all uh, get through this together um, and, and do your best to try to figure out places where you're getting good information that can be solid um, and have an informed conversation about all of it.
1: Thank you, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, this was huge for us, for the viewers, everyone listening. I think this is great information. Thank you
2: very much and keep up the good work. And what I want to know at the end of this is how do I get a six pack like you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, well, I, I watch seven o'clock every evening. I make sure I get the workout that you guys have. Okay, you <laughs> it's the workouts. <laughs> um, Fallon, where can they find you online?
2: Okay, so yeah,
1: uh, you can follow uh, at Alex Michelson. It's
2: Alex with an E, not with an A. E L E X M I C H A E L S O N on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and. All that. I'm still tr- trying to
1: figure out the TikTok thing, but we'll get there. <laughs> hey, hey, We got a little bit of time left. So, <laughs> Fallon, where can they find you?
0: You guys can find me at fitwithfallon.com or at fitwithfallon across all social media platforms.
1: You guys can find me at Shaka Strong on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. We'll see you guys next week.
0: Bye, Bye guys. On behalf